Thank you so much for joining us at Faith Community Fellowship, where we are one church meeting in three different locations. Our goal is to build communities that love God, love people, and move our faith forward. If you'd love to learn more about FCF or how to get more involved, visit us online at fcffamily.com. Hey, come on. Can you give the Lord a big praise for that? Isn't that amazing? You know, uh, what, we, what we do around here, uh, if you've been around here, we don't twist your arm, uh, put you under any uh, stress. Uh, we just tell you, hey, here's, here's an opportunity, and, uh, and it's amazing. Uh, I, I am so honored and, and humbled uh, to pastor a, uh, a campus that is so generous. And uh, you guys are always over the top, no matter what it is. Uh, uh, good enough does not equate. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you guys for the great uh, float. If, if you were uh, there last night, it was just wonderful. And uh, uh, I, drove, uh, I drove down through town uh, this morning. So if you still need candy, there's plenty there. <laughs> you can go down and get a little bit. Uh, but what a, what a great, great time of year. Amen? Amen. Uh, you ever woke up one day and just go, this has been a bad year? Don't look at me like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's one of, one, of those, one of those days. You know what? It's, uh, uh, you just never know what God's going to do. Today is, Christian and I woke up, no water. That's always exciting. Um, You'd think electricity, right? I mean, that's what you think. Hey, no power. You kind of anticipate that, but no water. Uh, get here, no internet, no air condition. Uh, everything, everything is off. And, uh, and, and you know what? In, in all of that, God's still in control, Amen. right? Yep. Uh, I can't figure it all out. And, and uh, the reason I'm sharing this with you is I don't ever really share any of our crazy. We, we got a whole lot of crazy. Uh, in, in our life, so I don't, you, you got enough, you don't need mine. Uh, but I'm sharing that with you because it's really appropriate to what we're going to talk about today. And uh, we're going to move into a series, a Christmas series that starts today, and uh, we're calling it The Sound of Christmas. The Sound of Christmas. And if you have your mobile app, uh, you can uh, follow the outline here. Uh, we are just, have been in a couple meetings this week, by the way, side note. Uh, our website is almost ready and complete, and uh, very, very, very soon, just a few days, uh, you're going to be able to go to the website, actually click on our campus and see what is specific to our campus. Uh, if, if, uh, if you're not excited, you've never been to the website. <laughs> you, you want a little spirit of confusion, go to the website. Uh, that'll uh, define it for you. So uh, I am very, very excited about that, but uh, if, if you don't have the app, you can download the app, FCF Family. Uh, all the campuses are different, and i uh, love for you to follow uh, our outline uh, today. So uh, we're going to be talking about the sound of, of Christmas. What is your favorite part of Christmas, class participation? Family? What? Music? Cookies. <laughs> You just can't help some people. Let, let's go over here. What, what's your favorite part of Christmas? Family time. Family time. Get, who said gifts? Who, who, who said my favorite? 
My, yeah, gifts, presents, lights, Christmas lights. Okay, I can't hear them old. What? What else? Thank you, Gary. I've been waiting for a man to say food. I guess the cookies threw everybody off. Hey, Christmas is just a great time of year. It, it really is my favorite uh, time of year. Uh, we, we, I, I grew up in a family that loved Christmas. My mom loved Christmas. I mean, we were Griswold kind of ugly. And uh, I'm just saying, uh, my dad would just go into hibernation during Christmas. He just hated it, you know, uh, all the stuff that she wanted up and, and out uh, in the yard. Um, but I, I, I love it. Uh, I, I love to eat. Come on, this is revival worthy right here. I, I said I love to eat. Um, man, it, nothing like Christmas food, right? And the cool thing is you get to eat all month. I mean, from Thanksgiving to... Come on. I'm, I mean, you get a whole month of food, somebody, come on. I mean, that's just good stuff right there, and it's Christmas uh, food, right? Uh, love to be together. How, how many of you loved, uh, I, you know, I'm reminded, uh, you know, Jeff Foxworthy said, uh, when I go home for Christmas, it reminds me of why I moved, <laughs> right? So some of you, don't raise your hand and don't point, uh, but some of you, that's kind of your, your, uh, your world, and, and by the way, if you don't have anybody really crazy in your family, it might be you. <laughs> Just kind of putting that out there a little bit. You might want to look at that. Um, but it's great to be together. How many of you love Christmas music? Okay, so if you're Christy, you start playing that about July. There are Christmas stations that ought to be banned until Thanksgiving. Come on, let's take a vote right now. How, no, let's don't. Christmas music is, is, is just the best. What's your favorite Christmas song? Oh, Holy Night. I heard a couple of those. Y'all spiritual people. Huh? Feliz Navidad. Yeah, well, you would, right? Feliz Navidad, Deidre. Maybe the sole Spanish speaker in the room. <laughs> Absolutely. What's your favorite? Huh? Hippopotamus. Is the unspiritual group? <laughs> okay, okay, Dan. I would, I would have guessed. I wasn't going to point, but uh, anybody, anybody else favorite Christmas song? Where? Mary, did you know? Yes, she did. By the way, but yeah, that is a great song. Christmas in Dixie. Uh, we're going country now. Yeah, good stuff's about to happen. Somebody? Any other? Carol of the Bells, that's a classic, isn't it? Anybody grow up with, okay, this is an old people question. Anybody grow up with Gene Autry? Okay, about three of you, I guess. Okay, or you, the rest of you aren't going to admit it. Uh, Gene Autry, Christmas album. We still have that album. My, my mom had that album. I don't know where she got it. Uh, but you know, the, you know those things that are around vinyl, they're, 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 they're black, they're vinyl. They're, they're, it's an amazing uh, thing and, and now they're about a hundred dollars a piece, uh, so it's a it's a, a new thing. But uh, nobody said Grandma got run over by a reindeer, so I'm super proud of, of this of this room. So n- nobody went like cr- super crazy. Uh, well, you know when you when we look at Christmas and we go even back to the first Christmas, 
there was the sound of Christmas. And, and there was music and there was praise. And I want, we're going to kind of, as our, our baseline foundation for the holidays, look at Luke chapter 2. I want you to follow with me, uh, Luke chapter 2. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were what? How many of you, an angel appears to you, it's a little terrifying, right? Let's go to the next But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for who? All the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, read this last line with me, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. You know, it, it's, a, it's amazing that when the angels appeared to the shepherds, there was an immediate eruption of praise. And that's what he's talking about. There's good news with great joy. The sound of angels could literally be heard everywhere. And as we go back and look at that first story and and as we watch what took place when the angels appeared to those shepherds out in the fields, man, that could have been a freaky thing, right? I mean, you're out in the field and, uh, you know, it's dark and and these beings appear. I mean, it's it's a scary, scary thing. But praise was the beginning of the Christmas story, the sound of Christmas. Now, one of the things we're going to do today, a little, uh, I don't think we, well, I know we've never done this. Uh, we're going to tag team preach this message today. So, uh, Brother Daniel is going to come. He's going to take uh, this next piece. Uh, Brother Will is going to come, and then I'm going to come back and close it up so you're in for a treat. But before Daniel comes, I want just, uh, us to look at the Matthew account of what really happened in Matthew chapter 2. Look at it with me. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and say this with me, and have come to worship him. What I love about this, I want you to note something. What I love is that the, 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 the Magi, the wise men, did not come. Don't miss this. This is not in your notes, but write this down if you can. The Magi did not come to get something from God. They came to give something to God. It was out of a heart of worship. It was out of a heart of of gratitude. They they came to give their worship to the king. And and it's interesting, and and don't have a lot of time to to chase this, but in this kind of consumer world that we live in, in in the church. You know, we, we look at church and we go, man, what, what do they have for me? Do they have a kids program? Do I like the worship? Do, you know, is the, is the, is the preacher young? No. Um, does he preach good? Um, but so, so we look at it from a consumer perspective. How many of you got up this morning and said, you know, I don't care about the electricity. I don't care about the internet. I don't care about the Thermostats, I don't care about the donuts. Come on, somebody. 
I can't wait to give there to give my worship to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's what they did. That's what God is really calling every one of us to, and we can learn from them. So as Daniel comes, this is in your notes, I want you to note this. God is not here. This is a reminder. God's not here to serve me. I'm here to serve him. I came up early, so I appreciate your patience with me. Hey, good morning, everybody. I'm back. I'm, it's me. Skinny jeans, got a microphone for some reason. Uh, hey, my name's Daniel. If you don't know who I am, uh, I get the, the privilege of leading worship here at, at the Springville location uh, for FCF, and I love, I love getting to do this. For some reason, Pastor Mike said, hey, Daniel, I've got a good idea. I'm gonna, I'm, you're going to teach things. Right. It was... I've got an idea, and I should have said, Pastor Mike, it's a bad idea. I didn't. <clears throat> so here, here we are. Good morning. Glad, glad you all are here with us. So we're talking about worship. We see, uh, we see praise and worship throughout the Bible uh, from start to finish, and uh, we see it in the form of singing, of dancing, of uh, offering prayers to the Lord, sacrifices to the Lord through giving, uh, and even dedicating how we live our lives unto Him. What we see specifically in these two passages in Matthew 2 and in Luke 2 that Pastor Mike read, what we see is Jesus' birth was surrounded by praise and worship. We see it with the angels as they sing glory to God in the highest. We see it with the magi, these wise men traveling great distances with gifts fit for a king, uh, coming and longing to worship newborn Jesus. And that, honestly, I think is a great example of what our worship should look like, that it's singing loudly, giving glory to God, that uh, that it's, it's longing to worship him, bringing, bringing our best, bringing our offerings to the king. And um, Pastor Mike and I have, have uh, been pushing y'all a lot this year on, on expressing your praise and your worship outwardly. Uh, we've done that on purpose. That's not just a coincidence. Uh, we, we've, we've prayed through this. We've talked through this a lot. And, and it's something that, that we've encouraged and challenged y'all a lot this year on. And the reason why uh, we've been uh, pushing y'all to express your praise and your worship and your thanksgiving to God is because we all have room to grow in expressing our praise and worship, no matter where we are, no matter how comfortable we are uh, or uncomfortable we are with expressing our praise and our worship, uh, we all have room to grow. Now, some of us grew up around very expressive uh, praise and worship where there was, there was loud singing, and Bonnie's getting really excited. Uh, <laughs> there was loud singing and shouting and dancing and jumping and all the, all the things, and that's just that's what you're used to, so that's how you express your praise and your worship. And then uh, some of us grew up, you know, doing the left over right. And so that's what you're used to. That's what you're comfortable doing. And no matter where we are, whether where we are on that spectrum of, of our, our uh, familiarity or comfortability with expressing our praise, all of us have room to grow. And all of us can give more glory, more honor, and more praise to God because he's worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Amen? Amen. Now, some... And I, I get to have these conversations a lot in the lobby, which is fun. Uh, but some, some people will argue that how we do that is all preference. How we express our, our praise and our worship is, is based on preference, where one, you know, one person may prefer to lift their hands, one person may prefer to dance. I can't dance, y'all, so I'm going to not give you an example of that. But some of us may do that, and then some of us may do the... And it's all preference. But I would actually argue against that. I would push back on that a little bit. I would argue that, yes, while singing and lifting your hands is not the only form 
of expressing your praise and your worship to God, I would argue that biblically speaking, worshiping the Lord is always expressed outwardly. And I would argue that biblically speaking, no one has ever entered the presence of God. If you find an example, please let me know, because that's going to challenge my theology. But I would argue that biblically speaking, express, uh, our worship and our praise to God is always expressed outwardly. I'll give you some biblical examples. They're going to put these on the screen uh, behind me and, and on the outsides there. Psalm 150, I love this one. Praise the Lord. That word praise is the Hebrew word hallel. Uh, the Old Testament originally having been written in Hebrew, they've got way more words than we do. And so that word hallel specifically is where we get our word hallelujah. So hallelujah to the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Look again with me in Second Chronicles chapter 20 where it says this. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise. That word praise is yada, which is the extension of the hands in adoration. So he appoints these men to take the lead of the army to sing to the Lord and also yada the Lord to extend their hands to him in adoration. So he appoints them to sing and to praise the Lord, praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ahead of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Look with me in Psalm 145. It says this, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Verse two says, every day I will praise you. That word praise is shabak, to address loudly, to shout. I will shabak you and extol your name forever and ever. Psalm 95 says this, come let us bow down in worship. That bow down in worship is barak, to kneel in humble adoration, to lie prostrate. And gentlemen, you can all relax. I did not just say the word prostate on stage. It's okay. I did now, but I didn't before. To lie prostrate. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. And no matter where you look in the Bible, praise and worship is always expressed outwardly. And those are just a few examples. For those of y'all that have had any chance to, to be a part of our student ministry, I get the, the honor of doing that and being a part of the worship team here and, and, and mentoring some of these youngins. Um, if you've ever been to any of our events or uh, retreats or conferences or anything like that, you know this. Um, but y'all, our students uh, at all, all three locations, um, our students worship genuinely and, and, and truly. They seek the Lord uh, and seek after him. And it, honestly, it's inspired. I watch it as it starts with the student section and then it inspires those around them, even adults in the room, inspires them to take a step in their worship. I'll tell you a quick story. The, um, this past summer, we had a, a thing called Faith Conference. And it was our, our first big kind of student uh, conference where we had all three locations together at Trustful. We invited some, uh, some friends' churches and they all came together and it was cool. Last night, the last night of a faith conference, I had a few friends come to help lead worship with us, and um, and they, I, I talked with them afterwards. They all said the same thing, and they said, "Man, your students really worship. Like, you know, they're singing loud. You know, we have these these things we put in our ears so we can hear everything up here. Uh, so sometimes it's hard to hear out in the room, but you can hear them through your in ears. You can they're singing loud. They're they're kneeling before the Lord. They're at the altar. They're praying for one another. They're on their face." 
And y'all, I love that about our students, that, that they're, they are that kind of inspiration for those around them on expressing their worship. Um, and I've seen our students even uh, challenge their parents a lot of times. Though maybe, maybe their parents are, you know, used to the leftover right or more reserved uh, worship, but I've watched as, as they watch their kids challenge them to take a next step. Maybe wherever you are, maybe your next step is something as simple as taking your hands out of your pockets during worship. That's Pastor Will's favorite kind of worshipers, the pocket worshipers. <laughs> maybe it's taking your hands out of your pockets. Maybe it's opening your mouth and singing. You may not even be able to sing super great. That's okay. <laughs> maybe that's a step. Maybe it's clapping your hands as a way to celebrate who Jesus is and what he's done. Maybe it's shouting to God, that, that shabak, that loud tone addressing God, you're worthy, you're holy God, thank you. And maybe it's allowing your gratitude for the Lord to impact not only your praise at church, but maybe even allowing that to influence other areas of your life. In fact, I would say praise and worship should affect every part of our lives. We sang a song uh, earlier appropriately called Praise. Uh, I love that song. How many, anybody else like that song? It's a good song. A few student section, good. Uh, y'all, it, it's a great song, and I love it. It's, so much of it is pulled from, straight from Scripture, and it also encourages us to praise when things are good or when things are bad, because uh, the fact is things are not always going to be good in life. Uh, but it, it encourages and reminds us to praise Him no matter what. We don't just praise Him when we're on the mountaintop, when everything's good and going our way, but we also praise him when we're in the valley, when nothing's going our way, when we can't figure out why anything is happening. Um, And we can't ask ourselves why. Why do we praise him no matter what? And I would say it this way. We praise no matter what because Jesus is the only one worth it. He's the only one worthy of it. And if you've ever praised God when you're on a mountain, it's pretty easy When life is good, it's easy to worship and give him glory. But if you've ever praised God when you're in the valley, it can be difficult and it can be frustrating. I know, and I'm your worship leader. Uh, It can be frustrating. It feels like we're hitting a wall or that that we can't uh, get through a, a difficult situation. And it may feel like God is not listening or even cares. But the fact is, whether God does what we want or not, he's still God. And that means he's still worthy. I'll wrap up with this. Psalm 63 says this. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Y'all welcome Pastor Will to the stage. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, To be honest, Y'all, nobody knows worship as well as Daniel in my lifetime. Uh, And it really hurt me when he said that I like pocket worship because that really hurt me. Um, If you want to know how to get on my nerves, you can just stand uh, during worship with your hands in your pocket and then make direct eye contact with me. And I I will look at you and I will start clapping louder. Um, (laughs) Like, that's just how I am. But I, I really love... Uh, you know, Pastor Mike giving us an opportunity to, to work together to help kind of convey this message. Uh, before I was a student pastor, I, I make that sound like it was so long ago. It was like two years ago, maybe two and a half. Uh, I, I actually was in a similar role to Daniel. I, I helped lead worship across uh, some of our worship uh, for our students. And 
honestly, Daniel did a great job. He really hit the nail on the head on how uh, lifting our hands is, a, is an act of worship. It's a, it's a sign of surrender. And let's be honest, for some of us, that is something brand new that we just learned today. And you're all like, that's not cool. I didn't know that. So that's my bad. I didn't know. Then for some of you, you're like, okay, I've heard this before, but you know, like Daniel said, right over left, it kind of, kind of feels a little natural, left over right, whichever one, depends on which one's your dominant hand. Uh, and then for some of you, it's just completely strange. You're like, why would I do that? For some of you, you're like, okay, I, I've been doing this my whole life. Why, why are we talking about this even more? Um, for those of you where this is like the new or something strange, uh, there's this comedian, Tim Hawkins, and he does a great job of illustrating the different ways to worship. Um, I'm going to do a few of them just because I need y'all to laugh, and so that way you guys are more energetic when Pastor Mike comes up because you'll be like, oh, finally, the real preacher. Um, so uh, he kind of starts out small with like, you know, carrying the TV. Uh, some of you are richer uh, than most of us, so you got a bigger TV. Um, uh, and then he's got another one that says, you know, got a fish. And then some of you are liars, so you catch bigger fish. Uh, and then he's got a, he's got a few more. He's, uh, he's got, uh, you know, hold my baby, Jesus. You know, thank you. Um, and then he's also got, uh, he's got goalposts, which is, you know, arms straight, uh, holding them up. Wyatt's just feeling the cringe right there on the second row. It's okay. It's about to be over. Um, then you have Jesus, my number one, or high five Jesus. Uh, he's got a few more, which is like, you know, goes something like village people, Rocky, you know, touchdown. Um, but he, he, he covers all those pretty well. Um, I just needed y'all to laugh so we can <laughs> get forward. But so if you're like, okay, I didn't know how to raise my hands. Those are biblical, well, maybe not biblical examples, but those are examples on how to raise your hands in worship. Um, I recommend you try them out, but, um, just wanted to have a little bit of fun with y'all, but this is, this is something a little serious. And the reason I'm saying that is because lifting our hands uh, says, I surrender. It, it's, it's a form of worship because what it's saying is, God, have your way. My way is not right. You know, you know what needs to happen. Uh, Daniel already uh, defined this word, but what it makes me think of is Psalm 111, uh, verse 1. That's a lot of ones for some of y'all, um, but I promise it's a, it's a really good scripture right there. And so um, I can't flip to it. There it goes. Uh, Psalm 111 uh, verse 1 says, Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of, uh, in the, company of the upright in the, con- in the congregation. I can read y'all, I promise. I've practiced a few times. Um, I was actually reading a study on this word. Uh, specifically of the word praise uh, in that psalm. Uh, and I, I love how they, they use it in the regard of worship. So what, what this uh, person said was, uh, in that verse alone, the author is making a strong statement about the glory of the Lord and how he wanted to physically demonstrate his praise to God in the assembly. And they put that in all caps. So that's important. <laughs> but it, in the assembly, in front of people, unashamed, and without fear. And I'll be honest, I think this is something that we all struggle with from time to time. Uh, Regardless of if you're a new believer or if you've been around the block, uh, I think we often often struggle with the praise in the assembly. We're okay with doing it in a private room just by ourselves, but we struggle when it comes to doing it together. I, I remember... To the best of my memory, I'm young, and my memory should probably be better. Um, but uh, I remember uh, early on throughout 
my student uh, ministry time where, where I was in students, uh, when my friends that were newer believers started coming along and, and joining us, uh, they wouldn't raise their hands in worship. And I, that always kind of baffled me a little bit. I was like, well, why, why don't you raise your hand? They just go, well, it's, not, it's just not comfortable. It's just kind of weird. Uh, and I'd be like, oh, oh, I mean, like, that's totally fine. I'm, you know, people pleaser. I'm not trying to push any buttons. I just, I just wanted to know, you know, you do your thing. Uh, you know, maybe God will work on that. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever it's got to be. But, but the crazy things happen, though, is I would, like, start to see those same people at a football game or at a basketball game or a soccer match or whatever it is. And the first thing they do when their team scores, it's a crazy thing. They throw their hands right up in the air. I was like, Wow. It's like that blew my mind. I was just like, okay, so, so it's not uncomfortable. You can do that. Um, and I thought to myself, how do we have no problem cheering for our teams, for students, for, for our accomplishments? Like we're willing to shout and holler and make fools of ourselves for that. But when it comes to church, where we're celebrating a risen Savior who died on the cross for everybody in this room and everybody who's not in this room, we just go, I gotta praise. Oh no, you can hear me. Why do we do that? He deserves all of our praise. It's crazy. It's it's like we all collectively walk into the room and, and we go, All right, be cool, be cool, be cool. Can't do something stupid. Can't do something stupid. You know, like we, we go, oh, man, what, what would somebody think if I raised my hands? What, what, what would other people say if I started raising my hands and actually singing as loud as I could? Because God says make a joyful noise, not a pitch-perfect noise, so it's okay. I just freed half of y'all from that spirit right there. Um, but we often start to think, man, what, 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 what will all these people think or do or say if I were to raise my hands in worship? What, what is it called when we're more focused on something other than Jesus with our worship? Thank you, Daniel. Idolatry. It's idol worship. I mean this in a nice way. When I'm worshiping, I'm not wondering what y'all are thinking about me. When I'm worshiping, I'm not wondering what my parents are thinking about me. Worship, what what we often say is that um, worship is connecting our spirit to God's spirit. That's the way that we say it around here. And our worship should only ever be given to God because nothing else is worthy of our worship. Absolutely nothing. And when you read the Bible, I mean, I would hope you're reading the Bible. Uh, it's all over Scripture. Lifting our hands is a sign of surrender. And I, I want to show you this other verse in the New Testament. It's in First uh, Timothy uh, 2.8. And Paul is writing uh, here, and he says, Therefore, uh, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. Now, who is he saying should lift up their hands? The men. The men. So what's really interesting is the Greek word uh, for this is actually, uh, I don't know how to pronounce Greek words, but I'm going to try my best. It's honor. Uh, And he says, he singles out the men in this word because the the word is man, husband, sir, or fellow. Uh, And so, Uh, He singles them out here. He says, men everywhere to lift up their hands. Guys, real quick, can we practice real quick? Can you lift up your hands? Okay, that's good. I just want to make sure you had them. Um, So um, 
I don't know why, and, and I, I can't honestly prove it, uh, but based on my experience, men are often the last ones to lift up their hands. I'm not pointing fingers at all. Maybe it's because of pride, maybe because it feels awkward, or, or some of the reasons I was listening before that you just kind of get caught up in what other people may say or think. But Paul says, I want the men to lift up holy hands. And if I had to guess why, it's because the men set the standard of worship from time to time. It, not even from time to time. He sets, they set the standard. Honestly, uh, I mean, when you look at the household, if, if the, this is just statistically speaking, if the man is going to church, if the husband is going to church, 90% of the time the family's going to church. In the same way that Jesus is the head of the body, the man is the head of the household. It's scripturally written. You'll see that all throughout the New Testament. Um, and the thing that we have to remind ourselves when we see this and when we see this particularly in Scripture is um, if you want your children to seek God, you have to be doing it first. Uh, I don't know if you know me that well, if you're like, okay, this is just the guy who messes up transitions on Sundays. Uh, we've all been there. But uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my family's been Christian through and through. Like we are a generationally Christian-founded family. Uh, most of my family, uh, if they're not pastors, uh, they're heavily involved in the church. They, they do anything they can to serve the church or be a part of the church. Uh, and I'm just going to give you an honest moment for me. Um, you know, I mean, heck, my brother was playing keys. Uh, if you don't know him, he's awesome. Uh, but I, I just want to give you an honest moment for me. I never had a problem raising my hands in worship. And you might be going, well, good for you, man. I just never had a problem with it. And the reason why, and it's so simple, because I grew up watching both of my parents worship God. I grew up watching both of my parents worshiping God. I got to see my mom on platform when she would sing and lead worship. I watched her lift her hands. But guess what? When I was in the crowd with my dad, I would also watch him lift his hands too. I would see an example regardless, not just mom, not just dad, and what I love that it's such a simple thing that I would see my mom do it on platform and I would see my dad do it off platform because what it meant to me was it doesn't matter where I am, my praise should be the same that's given to God. Rather I'm on a platform, rather I'm out in the streets, or rather I'm at home, or rather I'm in this auditorium, my praise should not be any different. My praise should be given to God. And I understand, look, we're all at different stages of our walk and we, we can try to make that excuse, but... I do want you to ask yourself this question, especially for, for parents in the room. Is how you worship God how you want your children to worship God? I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm not saying that to be cruel. I'm just trying to ask a question. Is that how you want your kids to worship God? Because they see it. I'm living proof. They see it. I mean, just speaking from personal experience, parents, y'all set the example. Show your kids how to lead worship. You know, Daniel was talking about earlier, our kids are contagious with worship. They are on fire for God. Don't let them out-worship you. Set the example. Show them how to worship. And I'm going to spoil the end of the message. Sorry, Pastor Mike, I'm just going to. Um, Pastor Mike's going to ask us, all of us, to, you know, whether we're Christian or not, uh, or whether we've been doing this for a long time or not, he's going to bring up a time of worship, and he's going to ask us all to raise our hands in worship. In that moment, Set the example. Set the example. I want us all to surrender to God. That, that's, all what that, that's all what lifting hands means. It's just saying, God, I, I surrender. 
And you might say, well, why, why would I need to do that? I'm, I'm still pretty new to this. I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, well, like Daniel said, it's biblical. It's a biblical form of worship. It's not my opinion. Uh, I'm not telling you because it's the, it's the cool thing to do when you come to church. It's biblical. It's biblical truth. When you see people worshiping in the Bible, it's through kneeling. It's through uh, uh, praise. It's through singing. It's through music. It's, it's through lifting of hands. And if you're wondering why it is that way, it's because God loves it. Because when we lift our hands, we're saying, God, I surrender. Everything that I've put in front of you doesn't matter. Every time I've tried to have my way and do what I want doesn't matter. God, I surrender to you because you're all that matters. And as Pastor Mike comes back up, I'm just going to ask you again, are you ready to demonstrate your worship to God? Are you willing to set the example? Are you willing to set the precedent that God is worthy of your worship? Y'all, welcome Pastor Mike as he comes back up. Don't you love these? Let me tell you, I, uh, we're privileged to have the leadership that we have. And these guys are, the reason I wanted to include them is they're both worshipers. And uh, it's not what you see on a Sunday. I get to see them. Uh, every day, and, uh, and, and I felt like they could share some things with you maybe that, that I couldn't, and I feel like they, they have. And let me also say that if what's in your mind right now is, is that, you know, whether I raise my hands in worship or not defines my spirituality, you have missed the whole point. You've missed the whole point. That's not what we're saying. What we are saying, and I think what we've demonstrated, and we're going to look at a couple more scriptures, is that it is an expression and there, there is a, you, you just never see, and, and Daniel brought this out, you just never see in the scripture where there is, uh, that God does something in the life of, of people and, and they go, well, that's cool. You, you, never, you never see that. There, you, we, we didn't see it in the angels earlier. Uh, and, and, and I want to, uh, in fact, worship team, why don't y'all, you guys come on back. I want to look at a scripture. David was very, he was at a very low point in his life. And uh, anybody ever been at a, a low point? Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, and I know, I know you guys, uh, you think, man, these, you see these people on the platform, you think, man, they got it all together. They don't ever have a problem. I'm going to tell you, this has been the worst year of my career. I've never had as many challenges personally. Uh, and, and ministry-wise, as I've had this year. So you may be at a low spot, and, and, and you may go, man, I, you know, uh, there's some things happening. I, wanna, I want you to look at Psalm 141. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you guys out of the way. I know I'm messing you all up here. This is, this is David. Here's what he says in a prayer. Oh, Lord, I'm calling to you. Please hurry. Anybody ever said, please hurry? Come on, anybody ever said, please hurry? Listen when I cry to you for help. Accept my prayer as an incense offered to you and my upraised hands as an evening what? As an evening offering. I love what David is doing here. That David is saying, I'm... I'm praying, I love you, I, I need you. Accept my upraised hands as a sacrifice, as an offering to you. 
Now, there are a couple of words here, and I'm going to give you a Hebrew word and a Greek word. The Hebrew word, if, if, uh, if you look, obviously, Psalms written in Hebrew. Daniel mentioned this. This is the original language. The Hebrew word for offering there is menkau, which literally means a tribute. It is a sacrificial offering. Now, the Greek equivalent to that word is the word prospero. Is it? Oh, it's okay. It's over there. Prospero, which also means offering. Look at, at Matthew chapter 2 with me real quick. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Who, who are they? The Magi. Then they opened their treasures, say this with me, and with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Same word. Same word. Same word. That's the, that's the Greek equivalent to that Hebrew word, minkau. Mike, what are you saying? What, what are you saying? I, I'm, what, what I'm trying to say to you is lifting our hands in, in worship is not a style of worship issue. It, it's not a denominational issue. It's not a preference issue. Lifting our hands in worship is an acknowledgement to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that He's worthy. He, he's worthy. Lifting my hands is an offering to God. That's what David is saying. That's what the writer of Matthew is saying. Now for some of us this morning, man, you, you go, man, I've never done this. This is weird. I'm the, what would you call that? Le leftover? Leftover right. I've never heard of a leftover right Christian. That's good. And, and, and some of you maybe, I know a lot of us grew up, and I didn't grow up in church, so I didn't have any of that, but some of us grew up in that, shh, be quiet, don't you come, that's irreverent. I don't know what they would say about coffee in the church. <laughs> For some... It takes us out of our comfort zone. And, and what Daniel said is, is true. And I, I have just felt, and, and I know I've made some of you super uncomfortable all year, but I, I, I am pushing. And it's not about whether you raise your hands or we have some that kneel and whatever. That, that, what I'm pushing for is I want you to get more in love with Jesus. I want you to understand who he is. What he can do, that's what I'm trying to get you to do. And sometimes we just have to take a step. And if you're carrying a television or a big screen or you're whatever, whatever it is, just take a step. Some of you, you've done that, but that's been a long time. And it's been a long time since you expressed your love your praise to him. David was at a really low time in his life. David understood as God, no, I don't understand what's happening in my life, but I'm going to praise my way to victory. I woke up this morning at 1242. And God dropped this thought in my heart. He said, Mike, you know, because some of you are already going to the, you go, eh, that's Old Testament stuff. That's Old Testament. I, and, and I get that. Let me tell you something. 
the Old Testament, the presence of God was external. We have something David didn't have. We've got the presence of God in us. If they can jump and shout, man, how much more with what we have should we be grateful? Last thing. There's a scripture in Exodus. I, I love this story. It's a the Israelites are in battle. They're, they're fighting the Amicalites. And they're, they're, they're struggling. Joshua and the troops are front line. Moses is on the mountain and he's praying. I want us to look at this as we close. I'm sorry, Elijah. Exodus 17. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were what? But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. Hands up, winning. Hands down, losing. I'm going to suggest to you that when we lift our hands, it's a sign of victory. And here's what was really interesting, and I wish I had time to go into this a little bit more. When Moses' hands got tired, what happened? You know the story. Aaron, her came and, and lifted his hands, and, and, and I'm just, this is not about me, but I'm going to tell you, I've experienced that all year. There are some of you that have just, you've come alongside and you've lifted my hands. You've had that in your own life. Sometimes, and the reason I even bring that up is because we need each other. There are times in our life when, man, I can't get, I can't get them up. And somebody can come alongside and help you lift your hands and, and win and, and, and we're, we're stronger. What I'm saying is that what we do in this room matters. Listen, people are watching and when you've got your hands in your pocket, I don't care if you've got your hands in your pocket unless you're pulling your wallet out. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I should not have said that. <laughs> what in the world? Do you realize there may be somebody around you? I've heard this story hundreds of times. Somebody around you that's discouraged and your worship points them to Jesus. Your excitement in worship. You go, I don't feel like it. It's an offering of worship. It's a sacrifice. It's a mencal. It's, it's a prospero. It, it, God, I don't understand it, but I'm going to lift my hands and I'm going to praise my way to victory. I want you to stand with me. Will already did the spoiler alert. Some of you are in a tough spot. I know some of your spots. I, I realize where, where some of you are. And let me just tell you, I, I, I can't relate to your specific situation, but I'm going to tell you, it's been a long year for Mike. And I had purposed in the beginning, I am not going to give the devil an inch. 
I'm going to defeat that sucker. He does not win. In fact, the battle has already been won. Right? He's already lost. That's why we can praise Him with confidence. We can praise God with confidence and know that He's got it all. Whatever your situation, friends, there is nothing impossible with Him. I don't know how He's going to do it. I don't know when He's going to do it. I don't know what it's going to look like. But you know what? I know He's King of kings and Lord of lords. And He's that over your life. He's that over your life. We're going to sing that song we started with today. And I love what it says because it says we're going to praise our way to victory. We are not going to give the devil an inch. So I'm going to invite you today. Go, man, I have never done this before. And listen, carry a television, do a fish, do whatever you got to do today. But I'm going to walk through the room and I'm going to watch who's lifting their hands. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but would you do something to express your gratitude? Is he worthy? Thanks for listening to this week's past message. We hope and pray that it encouraged you and helped move your faith forward. If you'd love to learn more about FCF or how to get more involved, visit us online at fcffamily.com.